Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis now. Last time we read chapter 15. And at the end of chapter 15, God is telling Abram that he's going to give his descendants all this land. I'm going to read the last couple of verses here. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates, uh, the Canaanites and the Kenizzites. This is the land of the land of the Canaanites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaim and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. He's promising them Abram's descendants, the land, well, the promised land, the land of Canaan, the, the Israel, that Israel is supposed to occupy that land. Now we're ready to read Genesis chapter 16. Remember also in chapter 15 that God did promise that Abram would have a son of his own. He would have his own son from his own body is the way it was phrased that he would have his own son. So we're now ready to read Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not borne him any children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See here, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. I am asking you to go in to the bed of my maid so that she may bear you a child. Perhaps I will obtain children by her. And Abram listened to Sarah and did as she said. After Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years, Abram's wife Sarah took Hagar, the Egyptian maid, and gave her to her husband to be his secondary wife. He went into the bed of Hagar, and she conceived. And when she realized that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress regarding Sarah as insignificant because of her infertility. Then Sarah said to Abram, May the responsibility for the wrong done to me by the arrogant behavior of Hagar be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, and when she realized she had conceived, I was despised and looked on with disrespect. May the Lord judge who has done right between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Look, your maid is entirely in your hands and subject to your authority. Do as you please with her. So Sarai treated her harshly and humiliated her, and Hagar fled from her. So let's let's stop there for a minute. And let's look. This, this is the kind of thing that happens when we try to help God or we think, well, God's not doing this in the time I want him to do this. He's not doing it the way I want him to do it. So I'm going to find a way to try to make this happen. So this is when we try to take our worldly ideas and we try to, you know, make something happen. See, God had already promised Abram that, that he would have a child. Now, admittedly, I didn't see anywhere where he mentioned Sarah, but Sarah was his only wife. So, I mean, that made sense that it was going to come through Sarah and that, you know, they would have a child. That Because that's that's the way it would be. That's what you would want. I mean, you know, 
Um, I, I would not want to be having children with other women other than my wife, and I don't want secondary or third wives or things like that. That's too weird. Um, but anyway, um, it would just be way more trouble than I would want. Uh, but here Sarah is like, you know, okay, the Lord has restrained me or prevented me from bearing children. Well, that's not exactly true. For whatever reason, she was just not able to until God made it possible. So then she's like, she's asking Abram. Now she's telling him, I want you to go and be with Hagar and you will have a child through her. And thus I will gain a child through her. You know, kind of making her that surrogate mother, which people do that nowadays. So before you go acting like this is weird and unusual, uh, there's a lot of people that do that nowadays. Rich people do that nowadays. They pay someone to basically bear children for them. And anyway, anyway, if you think this is weird, compare this to today's standard. She gave Hagar to Abram as a secondary wife so that he could have children. Again, she's trying to help God because she doesn't see him coming up with that answer in her time frame. She's wanting to go ahead and have that child, and it's not happening. Then, okay, so of course, Hagar gets pregnant. You know, she conceives. And then, Hagar looks at Sarai differently in a scornful way. And this this is my understanding of when there's multiple wives and stuff involved that this kind of thing happens regularly because there's this, for one, there's this competition, but also um, just that, you know, uh, women, sometimes some women, not everybody, some women will, you know, they will think better of themselves because they can do something you can't do. And, and in this case... She maligned or thought badly of Sarah because she could not produce. So Hagar kind of got the big head about that. You know, she kind of got full of herself. But then notice that Sarah turns around and blames this on Abram. Now, I don't know all their inner personal relationships, but this was her idea. It's plainly stated this was her idea. So, so now she turns around and she wants to blame it on Abram and say, hey, you know, the Lord judged between me and you. Because I know you're in the wrong, is what she's saying. <laughs> I mean, because that's what we do. We we say, hey, you know, you're in the wrong, and you know, God will God will get you. Uh, people still say things like that now, but but she's like, this is your fault, and she's blaming him. And he's like, Abram wants no part of this now. Okay, I mean, he was willing. Now, notice before he listened to her. Sometimes we do things we know are wrong. We listen to someone else. We listen to our, and it could be our spouse. It could be a friend. It could be whatever. Sometimes we know we're doing the wrong thing, but we do it. And maybe we get some little side benefit of it, as in this case, possibly. But maybe we just do it to make them happy. We think, well, if we do that, they'll be happy. You know what? That doesn't work. That does not work. And here, in this case, you'll see this. She's not happy. Sarah is not happy. He has not made her happy. Quite the opposite. Now, she's angry. And she's unhappy. And things did not turn out the way she wanted. Now, it was her idea. And it is her fault. But Abram also 
when when somebody asks you to do something that is wrong, and he should have also reminded her to trust and believe in God, then uh, you know you need to you need to say no. You need to turn that down because it also is going to get you into trouble. It's going to put you in a bad light and put you in a bad way. And the ramifications of this overall are just negative. You know, there's just there's just not a lot of good stuff that comes out of this. It's, it, it puts them in a bad position. It gets them mad at each other. You know, and, and Abram's like, look, I don't want to have anything to do with this. She's still yours. You have authority over her. Do what you want to do. So he's like, just, I'm out. You know, I'm out of this. That's not my problem. You deal with it. And, you know, I understand that, that, you know, Sarah is his priority, so of course he wants he still he wants her to be happy and and she's his wife, really, okay. Hagar was just a second, you know something they were trying to do, um, but they both should have trusted and remembered God and not and not have gotten into this. This just made this situation hard for them anyway, and so then they mistreat Hagar who. Hagar as a servant, basically a slave, I mean, I don't know for sure, it says servant a lot, it doesn't really say slave, um, but the, the, the inference here to me is that she was theirs, that um, she worked for them, probably in return for shelter and food and everything else which is not exactly slavery now i mean you know but in a way it sounds like too she may have been kind of their property so we're touching on a area where since it doesn't absolutely say it's hard for me to know you notice they did let her leave she left she uh let's see she fled from her you know and they and it's not like they were going after her to hunt her down but she left hagar left so, just something to notice. So, I don't think she was truly like a slave, but I think she was a servant in their household. And back then, you would serve a rich, which we know Abram was was well-to-do, was well-off, uh, that you would serve them and, you know, room and board, you know, and food and all that. You would get all of these things and you would serve them. You would be a servant in their household and you would be available to them a lot. And it, it would be akin to or close but but you wouldn't really be their property or be a slave if you wanted to leave of course you would be free to leave and that's how it sounds here nonetheless i didn't mean to get off into that topic but you see they are trying to help god they're they're not truly trusting and believing in god and they create this whole issue for themselves and uh you know we don't want to do that we want to trust god and wait on God and do things in a proper, orderly, correct fashion. You know, there's no need to think we can take moral shortcuts, especially, and get where we want to be, because we can't. We can't. We have to do things in the proper way, in the proper manner. All right, I'm going to continue on, because that's just the first six verses. (laughs) But the angel of the Lord found her, Hagar. Remember, Hagar had just fled. So, but the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness on the road to Egypt by the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where did you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. 
The angel of the Lord said to her, Go back to your mistress and submit humbly to her authority. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord continued, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall name him Ishmael, God hears, because the Lord has heard and paid attention to your persecution, your suffering. He, Ishmael, will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against every man continually fighting, and every man's hand against him. And he will dwell in defiance of all his brothers. So I'm reading this. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against every man, continually fighting, and every man's hand against him. And he will dwell in defiance of all his brothers. I'm not sure this is like a great thing. This sounds like he will be someone who's basically out of control and always in contention and always fighting and arguing and um, everyone will be, he'll be against everybody and everybody will be against him and he will dwell in defiance of all his brothers. Okay, um, that's, you know, that's what the, uh, the Lord Let's see, that's what the, let's see, who's, uh, let me make sure I say this right, the angel of the Lord has said that, so. So that's how Ishmael, Ishmael will be. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are God who sees. For she said, Have I not even here in the wilderness remained alive after seeing him, who sees me with understanding and compassion. In other words, she recognized that the Lord, that God was having compassion on her. Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahiro. That's, that's going to be as good as I get. Well of the living one who sees me. That's the translation. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So, she appreciated the Lord, the angel of the Lord, coming to her. And notice the blessing, I will greatly multiply your descendants. Well, this is already a descendant of Abram's, so don't take this the wrong way, but automatically it's going to also be a part of that descendant's promise. So these descendants are going to multiply. And here again, it's being reaffirmed that these descendants will multiply. Even though this was not the correct or proper descendant, this is still a descendant of Abram's. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son to whom Hagar gave birth, Ishmael, God hears. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. So that is the end of this chapter. Ishmael is born, but he's not going to be the true heir either. And really, Ishmael came about due to Sarai and, and Abram just having, you know, maybe it's just a short-term lapse or, you know, but it's just, you know, it's just a lack of faith that they create this bad issue for themselves. And, uh, or... Maybe maybe the lack of faith is more on her part, and maybe Abram just went along to make her happy. Nonetheless, I think it's still 
I think it still is something we can learn from. You know, we when we don't follow God and do things correctly and properly in His time and in His way, um, all His rules, all His laws, all these things we read, all His wisdom, is to help guide us and lead us through this life in a good way so that we have good results and we don't have all these bad situations. This is just another example of when we get off the the right path and into the weeds or we get off into the ditch or however you want to think of that, we create problems for ourselves. And that's what they did here. They created their own little problem and their own trouble. And then, you know, in the end, though, I mean, they did have, I mean, Abram did have Ishmael with Hagar. So it wasn't, you know, I can't say that everything, all of it was totally negative. You know, God will turn around things when when we've made mistakes. He will turn around things and help us find a way uh, to get something good out of that. Okay? But uh, nonetheless, they could have avoided this whole issue had they just been a little more patient and had they uh, trusted and relied on God and, and done things in His order the proper way. Alright, so that is Genesis chapter 16. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.